0: This is Candace Pringle, lead pastor of Effie Church, and this is our podcast. I am getting so pumped about this series, y'all. We're starting this brand new series, Wild, today. I, just, I think we need it right now. I, I, this world has been turned upside down, a lot of our worlds. Have been turned upside down this year. Oh, our thoughts, our emotions, the depression and anxiety that I'm talking to so many people about right now, it's its real. It's real, real right now. And um, people have all kinds of things to blame, right? The, the being around less people, the isolation, the tension, the anxiety in the world today—we're we're putting more entertainment in our brains than ever. Being home more often, in the racial tensions, the election, the all the stuff we've experienced over the past year—I mean, we've got all kinds of things to blame. It's also exhausting, and it's caused our thought life to be a wild place. This week alone, I have spoken to people going through marriage issues, job issues, abuse issues, friendship issues, all of those things are kind of normal for our pastor's life in a week, right? But but on top of it, almost everyone I talk to is dealing with some form of depression or anxiety. That part is not so normal. We don't know what's going on, but there's something wrong, right? I don't know how to fix it, but there's something wrong. I'm not processing things correctly. I just can't seem to get out from under this heavy load, this, this weight on my shoulders. We, we don't always have the words to describe it, but it feels like something is wrong. We can't get our minds right. Letting anxiety and fear win. We know we have a problem. We know something's off, something isn't right, but, but how on earth do we fix it? This life is wild. Following Jesus is wild. <laughs> this world is wild but our thoughts our mind doesn't have to be we have to get our mind right and I don't want to let this summer kick off without us getting our minds right you know a lot of us think it's about our environment if we just have something to look forward to if the sun would just shine on us today it would all be better those things are often temporary the word has answers permanent answers, we just have to apply them, use them. The, the word can get into our, our souls on a different level than anything else. That it, it is living and active. It's useful to teach us, correct us, to guide us into all truth. It can renew our minds, refresh our souls, and soften our hearts. It's like a lamp unto our feet, a, a light on our path. We have to allow it in, though, because our thoughts are so important. They're so powerful that they can change our perspective, impact our decisions, influence our habits. But what, what do we do when, when we become trapped by them, right, when they seem to betray us, when we're unable to escape that negative and unhealthy thinking? Throughout the series, we're going to learn how to take those thoughts captive and win the war with the word. That's exactly how we're going to kick off this series, with the Word. Look, I know some of you may be sick of hearing my story by this point, but I'm so passionate about the Word, the living, breathing, active Word of God, because I've seen it work. It's worked in me. My own personal story is that I was a scared, shy little girl, never would have done this, ever. Like, I said no to God the first time. He started giving me inklings that this was coming. Just no, not doing it. And that was long after I thought I had conquered the fear thing. I grew up so anxious socially, so quiet, so trapped by fear. I called it my cage, a cage of fear. And I used the word of God to get out of that cage of fear. I spoke it out loud over myself every day, and I allowed it to change me from the inside out. I didn't fully understand all of it back then. As a kid, I remember somebody taught me along the way, probably a lot of somebodies in this church growing up taught me along the way how powerful the word is. I didn't understand it all then. I didn't know all all the names of God in the Bible or the history and shape of Israel and its history. I didn't know there were... 400 prophecies about Jesus in the Old Testament. I didn't understand what eschatology was and and all of the theology and and all of the big biblical words. I didn't understand it all, but it changed me from the inside out. You don't have to be a Bible scholar to get this stuff. It can change you from the inside out. What I knew as a kid was that the Word can change you. And then as you begin to speak it out loud you'll begin to see change in your life. The disciples spent three years with Jesus. The living, breathing, physical word of God. They were transforming the way that they thought with almost every word out of Jesus' mouth. Three years, they lived with him. They walked with him. They lived life day in, day out. They ate with him, and they transformed the way that they thought. At the end of those three years, now empowered by the Holy Spirit with them, they were able to stand in front of powerful religious experts and astonish them with their knowledge
1: and their wisdom.
0: Right? One of my favorite verses in the Bible, we were just talking with friends the other night, we were on a walk and we were saying, what's your favorite verse of the Bible? And I just couldn't pin one down, but now I know, I have an answer. This is one of them, at least, top five. Acts 4.13, the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could see that they were ordinary men. Ordinary men. With no special training in the scriptures. But they also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Seemingly, it's one of those verses you could just skip over, right? Yeah, the the council was amazed. They spoke in front of them. They actually got hauled in, you know, in trouble for talking about Jesus. And yet... Ordinary men in front of experts about the Bible, trying to judge them. Literally, they're in the judgment seat, and yet they amaze them. They recognize them as men who had been with Jesus. I'm ordinary too, right? I don't have a whole lot of special training in the scriptures. I'm not an expert on this stuff. I'm ordinary, and I want to maintain that. I want to, Be humble, (laughs) right? I don't want to rely on my biblical education or my credentials or degree to gain respect. Those things are important. But even more so, your attitude, your humility, your reliance on the Holy Spirit. The Word can change you from the inside out. The Word is enough. It's enough. Enough to change you from that person that fear is causing you to be into the person that you want to be someone taught me that as a kid, probably lots of someone's, my my parents, this church, guest speakers. And so I went to the word as a kid. I should have brought my kid's Bible. I was going to, totally forgot. I want you to see this thing. It's falling apart. It's got highlights all through it and little doodles. But I looked in the back of that thing at the concordance and I went through and I looked for boldness and I looked for courage. And I Started to write them down, highlight them. I I put the little notes around my mirror, and I said, Proverbs 28.1, the wicked flee, though no one pursues them, but the godly are as bold as lions. Right? I'm I'm bold as a lion. I don't feel it, but I am. I'm speaking it out loud over myself. Joshua 1.9, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Do not... Be afraid, right? Second Timothy 1.7, God didn't give you a spirit of fear. God didn't give you a spirit of fear, so rebuke that thing, right? God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. I am self-controlled because of his spirit within me. I can control myself. I can tell myself what to do. And I, I spoke these verses over my life out loud, looked at myself in the mirror. Candace, you're going to believe this today. You are as bold as a lion. You are strong and courageous. Don't be afraid, for he is with you. You've got this. And slowly, it was slow. didn't happen overnight, but slowly, I changed. Began to transform into the person that I wanted to be, the person that I knew God had created me to be. And, And it began to transform my thoughts. I changed. Not an overnight thing. It takes work and practice to change the way you think. It takes consistency. Maybe don't give up too soon. It takes faithfulness. It takes diligence. But the Word gives us some insight into how to do this practically. Philippians 4, verse 8 says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts on what is true. And honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Do you know Jesus never promised us happiness in all his teachings? Not ever are we promised happiness. Happiness is fleeting. Promised joy, promised peace. In fact, he promises peace a lot. How many of us actually go through life feeling peaceful? And more often than not, we say, You know, how are you? How are you doing today? Oh, it's, it's been a busy week, stressful. Hey, we're not peaceful people as Americans in general. How many people do you know that are actually truly peaceful? Not a lot on my list. I want to be one of those people. And no matter what is going on in my life, no matter what storms are coming, I want to be peaceful. And this takes practice. Keep putting into practice. It takes practice. Now, your thoughts are wild. Now, they aren't tame. They aren't safe. Not without work. Just like we talked about with Job a couple of weeks ago, right? This world is, is good, but it's not tame. It's not, it's not evil, but it's also not safe. We're meant to arm ourselves with the armor of God against the world, to go out into all the world, but have something different deep down in our soul. In it, but not of it. Right? This is, is your thought life too. Your thoughts aren't tame. Not naturally. They're not evil, but they're not safe. It's wild in there. You have to learn how to tame them, and it takes practice. Things just pop into your brain, right? You're thinking right now, like, how? Because how? things just pop in there. I can't control that, right? All kinds of horrible things pop into your brain. The lustful thoughts, greedy thoughts, prideful thoughts, all kinds of horrible thoughts. And you chastise yourself, beat yourself up for having them. But the reality is you're human, We're all born into this selfishness, all born into this imperfect world. You're actually hardwired to be selfish and and sinful. People always say how innocent babies are. Have you you met one lately? They're actually incredibly selfish, right? We are hardwired. We're born into selfishness, and and that's the way that we survive. (laughs) Cry when they want something. It's how we are... Literally bred to be, we have to train children to be selfless, to train ourselves to be selfless. We're hardwired to be selfish and sinful. It's going to happen. You're going to have selfish, sinful, horrible thoughts. But even though you can't always choose what pops in there, you can choose what to do with the thought after it's there. This takes practice. We tend to dwell on things. They just pop in there and then before we know it, 20 minutes later, we can't sleep and we're still tossing and turning in bed thinking about that thing, scared and, and worried and wondering what's going to happen tomorrow, right? It takes practice. And listen, other religions want to tell you that you should empty your mind, right? That the word will tell you, the world will tell you to, to have an open mind. We should empty it. We should open it. It's not actually what the word teaches Right? There is meditation in the Bible, but biblical meditation actually teaches not to empty your mind because that allows all kinds of other dangerous thinking in there when you empty your mind. You can literally open yourself up to the spiritual demonic forces and guided meditation and some of the garbage that's practiced in Hinduism and and Buddhism and spiritualism and all of that. It's it's not about emptying your mind. Biblical meditation is, is practiced in Christianity too, but the biggest difference is the Bible teaches you not to empty your mind, but to fill it. Don't empty your mind. Fill it with whatever is true. Fill it with what is honorable. Fill it with what is right and pure and lovely and admirable. Thinking about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Choose. To set your mind on things above, not below. Choose it. Fix it. Fix your mind. Fix your thoughts. Biblical meditation is to think about something, not nothing. To fill your mind. To practice focusing yourself on things above, not below. To instruct your heart and mind and soul. To tell it what to think. You are in control. You are in control, not of just what pops in there, but of what you do with it afterward. Instruct yourself that God's thoughts are so much higher than our thoughts, right? Tell ourselves that he knows more, is more, understands more than we do. And I'm going to defer to him, not my own understanding, but by his, right? It takes practice. We have to learn to tame our minds. You are not a victim of your thoughts. You are in control, When we're going through seasons that require long suffering, it's easy to get into this pattern of expecting the next bad thing. Rather than looking for the next good thing, we get in these seasons where things are tough and it's long. And I used to say we went through a particularly tough season a couple years ago, and I used to go to bed thinking, I wonder what fresh hell God has for me tomorrow right? Can I just be real? I just, I went looking for it almost. I knew it was coming, prepared myself. <laughs> it's probably coming. But how do we begin to see hope again in those seasons? Right? Our brains are actually hardwired to confirm our thoughts. Did you know this? Scientifically proven. We're literally walking around looking for confirmation of our own opinions and ideas all the time. You see it everywhere we go. This is why when we suddenly decide we like a particular car, right? You're shopping for a car and suddenly they're everywhere. I didn't know how this many people had these. Well, now you're looking for it. Your brain is noticing it because you're thinking about it and looking for it. It's it's kind of like confirmation bias, right? The media knows how to use that against you with all of the advertisements and things like that. But now that you know it, you can use it too, right? When you look for hope, hope is what you will see. Practice looking for it. Fix your thoughts on things that are hopeful, good, and true, and pure. This is why the Bible says to fill our minds, not to empty them. Instruct your soul. When when I started to see boldness in myself, it multiplied. I could stack victories then on top of victories. I I did one little bold thing. I said, hi, first. Literally, this was my problem. (laughs) Some of you are like, good Lord, didn't know it was that bad. It was. I said, hi, first. Victory. Right, had some questions in my back pocket. I carried on a whole conversation with a stranger. Victory, right? I started to see boldness in myself. Then I was able to talk to people about Jesus. I was able to stand my ground in in social situations like that in high school. I, I stacked victories. When I started to see boldness in myself, it multiplied. When I start to write down things that I'm thankful for, I see more things to be thankful for. Right? I see them all over the place. When I start to think about things that are true, things that are honorable, things that are praiseworthy, when I start to focus myself on good things, I also unfocus on the bad. We have to begin to tame the wild weeds that grow up in our minds. And most of us have a very negative self-talk going on up here. And it loops through occasionally. And, and sometimes we get on this constant feedback loop. We have these weeds that grow up and our minds get wild really quick. You know how weeds are right now. It's spring. Everybody's dealing with weeds, right? Some of them seem to pop up overnight. It's like this tall and I just weeded this thing, right? Some of them you can't seem to get rid of no matter how much you spray them, pluck them, uproot them. I have this flower bed at home and it had all kinds of stuff in it when we first moved in. And at one point, I'm sure it was beautiful, but I just couldn't keep up with the weeds. And and I love ivy. Yeah, it looks beautiful, it's green all the time. I don't have to do much to it. It just grows, right? I love how it climbs and it can be destructive too, but you have to keep it in check. love how it looks and it grows in the shade and all of that. So I planted some in this flower bed and slowly, but surely, it took over the flower bed. The good stuff can still grow. the stuff, you know, this pretty spring flowers, some hostas, they grow right through, but it chokes out the weeds completely. I no longer have a weed problem in that particular garden bed because sometimes you have to plant other things to choke out the weed. Sometimes it's not enough just to uproot the weed. You have to plant something else to cover it, right? Let it be the word. Let it be the word that you're planting in your mind deep down in your soul. Think that word deep down into your soul. This takes practice and it takes preparation. Sun Tzu said, wars are won before they are ever fought. Talking about preparation. Talking about the fundamentals. Right? The basics. How much have you prepared for this war? You can't just think it's always going to be good. Because if I know one thing about life, it's that storms do come. Rain falls on the just and the unjust, the Bible says. Storms come. No matter how godly and righteous you are, we just talked about Job's story, right? We know they come. Preparation is key. Practice is key. Put good things into your mind now before the bad thoughts come. And then you'll have something to fight it off with. You'll be able to choke out the weeds. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3. says, we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Take thoughts captive. Take thoughts captive. Your thoughts can be your enemies. Anyone who's experienced depression or anxiety of any kind can tell you that your thoughts can betray you. Your own thoughts, because they start to beat you up, they operate outside the law, they're violent creatures. Don't let them run rampant in your soul. Capture them. Take them captive. The, The Bible uses pretty violent language there. We destroy every proud obstacle. We destroy rebellious thoughts. We capture them. and We teach them to obey Christ. Just because you think it doesn't make it true. Our thoughts can betray us. Sometimes that literally means you have to stand in front of the mirror and tell yourself the opposite of what you're thinking. Teach yourself to obey Christ. Right? My brain is telling me I'm no good, but I don't accept that because that's not what the word says about me, right? This is why it's important to fill your mind with the word first, so that you, when when those opposite thoughts come in, you have something to combat them with, right? The word says, I am a child of God, not that I'm no good, I'm a child of his, right? Romans 8, 16, the word says that I am a new creature in 2 Corinthians 5, the word says that I am strong in the Lord and, and in the power of his might, Ephesians 6. And so I know that's not true, And I'm going to tell myself the opposite. I'm going to tell myself the word. I'm going to plant the word in my soul and choke out the weeds. My brain wants to tell me that I've done too many bad things for anyone to love me. Especially a good God. How could he? And my brain wants to tell me I could not possibly be loved. But the word says that nothing can separate me from his love. The word says that I am forgiven. The Word says that I am saved by grace through faith. The Word says that I am redeemed from the curse of the law. No longer under it. My brain wants to tell me that I am doomed. I'm never going to get out of this mess that I've created. I'm in too deep. But the Word says I'm kept in safety wherever I go. Psalm 91. If the word says that I am blessed coming in and blessed going out in Deuteronomy 28. The word says that I am blessed with all spiritual blessings in Ephesians 1. I am who he says I am. I am who the word says I am. And I'm gonna make my thoughts line up with his word. I'm gonna force them to. I take captive those rebellious thoughts. Plant the word in my soul with sheer will and determination. <laughs> I will get there. Look, it's okay. Not to be okay. It's okay to be tired. A faith doesn't deny reality. It just overcomes it. Just applies the word to it. It's okay not to want to try so hard anymore. I'm not saying these things to pack on the burden. But freedom isn't free. If there's any weekend, we should know this. It's Memorial Day weekend, right? Freedom isn't free. That's why we observe Memorial Day. And it's why we have to work hard at this too. Jesus gave us his freedom. He gave it as a gift, but he paid for it willingly as a gift. Sometimes it takes some work to accept it, to walk in it, to undo wrong thinking. Even Jesus had emotions. It's okay to have emotions. In fact, someone studied the emotions of Jesus in the Bible and describes Jesus as having 39 different emotions described in the four Gospels. He looked over Jerusalem and and people rejecting God, and he was grieved. Right? He he looked at the religious leaders caring more about rules than people, and he was angry. He looked at the 72 followers described... When they came back from being sent out, they were they're describing to Jesus how God used them, and he was overjoyed, right? His friend Lazarus died. He wept in sadness. Before the cross, he was discouraged, he was lonely, he was in spiritual agony. Jesus had emotions. It's not wrong to feel things. Right? There's no such thing as an unexpressed emotion. We repress these things. We don't process them, right? But the only way through it is through it. Most of us want to hide our emotions from God. We we feel like they're shameful. I shouldn't be angry. I shouldn't be upset. I should be loving all the time, right? We, we, We beat ourselves up for feeling these things. Look, God wants to have that conversation with you. We see Jesus constantly withdraw in prayer away from people. I think it's because of the emotions that come with living life, I come with uh, dealing with people, loving people. Painful sometimes. It's not wrong to, to be in pain. It's not wrong to be angry. Just process them with God. It's not wrong to think things either. It's okay not to be okay. We just can't stay there. Don't let a stage become a state. You are not a victim. You are not a victim. First John 4 says, you are daily overcoming the devil. Daily overcoming the accuser. Romans 8 says, you are more than a conqueror. More than a conqueror. Matthew 16 says, you are establishing God's word here on earth. That means we're speaking God's word into existence. Revelations 12 says you are an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. Romans 12 says you are being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Matthew 5 says you are the light of the world. Christianity is an identity that's not achieved, but received. You're given a new identity. You've been given forgiveness. You've been adopted into his kingdom and family. How are you going to be the light of the world when you can't get your mind right? Thinking negative things about yourself. God created yourself to be the person that you are with him. He gave you those gifts and talents and abilities, those strengths and weaknesses. He loves you as you are. You can't hide your light under a bushel that's what we do to ourselves all the time count ourselves out we discount our abilities we think we're not good enough don't hide it hide your light under a mountain of dark thoughts you've got too much to accomplish on this earth to to be captive to your own thoughts Jesus never promised happiness but he did promise peace he didn't promise peace on every side let's not just say physical peace He didn't promise that there would never be a storm in fact sometimes he sent his disciples into the storm but he did promise peace not peace in the absence but peace in the middle of the storm he prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies presence of our enemies not the absence of them as we go throughout this series this month we're gonna wage war (laughs) We're going to win the war in our minds. We're going to win. Because if God is for us, who can be against us? Father, today, we just humbly ask you for power, love, and a sound mind. That you would clarify our thoughts, give us wisdom to know what is from you, what we are daily overcoming from the devil. You would help us organize things in our mind. Cut back the weeds. Let them not be so wild. The world is wild enough. It's crazy enough. God, help us to get our minds right, our thoughts right. Help us to take captive every rebellious thought. Fix our eyes on you fix our eyes on what is good and pure and excellent and praiseworthy help us fix our thoughts let us practice this each and every day that we would go to bed not saying what fresh hell do you have for me tomorrow but, but I'm going to wake the dawn with praises I'm going to get up tomorrow morning and worship God He is the provider, the deliverer the comforter, the healer. Things don't look great right now the storm is raging things are coming at me from all sides I have peace in the middle of the storm because I have Jesus. Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for peace. Thank you for joy. Thank you that we can take a deep breath in your presence, that we can escape from the worldly cares and selfishness and things that want to attack us. You give peace. We rest in that peace today. Thank you. And we praise you. You would say, I know I need to get my mind right. I know I need to get my mind right. Maybe there's something to repent of or something you didn't know before that you're taking a hold of today. Maybe today you're saying, I've never had a relationship with Jesus. I I've never had a relationship with God, really. I've been running for a while. I've been trying to do things my own way. Today, I want it to be different. Today, I want a fresh start. I want all of the selfishness, the, the bad decisions, the sin in my life to, to be forgiven. And I want to move forward. And what he has for me, what God has for me. It's, it's never been easier in history since Jesus came. He gave us forgiveness. It's not earned. It's given. All we have to do is call on him and say, Jesus, I believe in you. Accept your forgiveness in my life. And I choose to live my life your way. Father, we just thank you and we praise you. We thank you for every decision every step made towards you. God, I pray that this month, as we move through this series, you would just help us get our mind right. Help us tame the wild thoughts, the crazy thoughts, the depressed thoughts, the anxious thoughts. God, help us firmly anchor our souls in you wage war on the untamable thoughts in our minds. Thank you for giving us power, love, and a sound mind. Thank you for giving us peace beyond all understanding. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, please let us know by going to IMN. And remember to download our app for more content and helpful links.